Hi, I'm Namusa. And I'm Adadana. And this is the Africana Podcast. Now I don't know why, what that words really are. It's okay. We'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying. But it's right. All right. Welcome, listeners. We're back. Woo, 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 woo. Namusa, kick us off. <laughs> Uh, so today we have such incredible content, uh, for, we have such a wonderful interview that we're not even going to tell us about, we're going to skip our lives this week. Um, not important. Well, very important, but you just have to listen to the next episode where we'll spill all the tea. Um, but this episode we're going to do still rising, rising, then go right into the interview because it's a beautiful thing and then end you all off with a proverb. So we are talking about... Well, you know my fave, as we do know. I love a good Africa rising. Um, I love telling positive news stories or positive stories. My story is actually a little bit of a catch up and a little bit of a rising at the same time. So I've been, I got, I have to tell you a little bit of a story. So I got a message from a very dear friend uh, who works in communications, marketing, and branding for one of the biggest firms on in the world, but. Uh, she covers the African continent. And so she's always like really abreast as to like what is going on across the continent. And so I get this message that has no context being like, have you heard of TikTok? I was like, who is that? Because obviously like I assume it's a rapper because, you know. That is actually a legitimate rap name. Yeah. And then she's like, no, it's the app. Download it. And so I downloaded it. Mm. And my life has been transformed. Mm. So what TikTok is, is TikTok is, uh, think about if like, Snapchat, Musical.ly, and Instagram had a child. So yep. Musical.ly was like the dub over app. Instagram is like, we all know Insta. Share photos. Snapchat, short period of time, short videos. Disappears. Yeah. And so all of that TikTok has been made into one. And what is, that is facilitated is that it's taken off across the world. Um, but TikTok, what I'm, why I'm calling it rising is that it is the fastest growing app on the African continent currently. And what I really, like, what my, like, hours of looking at TikTok, TikTok content has taught me <laughs> or showed me is that I get young people. So the demographic, I think, is anywhere legally from 13 onwards. But I think their demographic is most people are in high school. Mm-hmm. But it's just these, like, young, incredible people from across the continent, whether that's in, like, rural Somalia or in Mombasa or in townships in South Africa, um, doing these like incredible dances, but then people have like duets. So they have like global challenges. And so like right now, Shaku's a big thing that people are challenging each other on TikTok. Um, But it's developed this like really incredible global community, but definitely like young African community. And I, sorry, it's not developed, but it's like, it's just brought that to light. And I don't think we see that as much. Yeah, so the app is T-I-K-T-O-K. Nobody is paying me to say this. Um, Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Hey, hey, girl, call me. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I'm just really inspired by how all these like young people across the African continent, in rural, urban, and kind of everywhere areas, are interacting with each other. One and also just producing incredible content. So I'm excited for the youth, the youths with a Z. That's my rising. Cool. Remember the song by Kesha? No. TikTok, make it. Pop? Is it pop? I don't even remember. Yeah, but don't stop. And I know. Don't stop. Make it. Don't stop. Make it pop. DJ, blow my speakers up tonight. <laughs> I'm a fight till we see the sunlight. This is a dramatic reading of TikTok. Uh, TikTok on the clock, but the party don't stop. No. Oh 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 oh. Tell us about the bad news. Uh, so Nimbus and I've already discussed this story, so we kind of already know each other's feelings about this. I'm going to read the article and then... Also a dramatic read? No, it's just a somber read. So, uh, recently, the First Lady of Sierra Leone made some comments about female genital mutilation that did not go over so well with activists in the region. Uh, I'll first tell you what she said, and then we'll get into the why of that, the the brouhaha over it. So she said... 
Quote, I am a circumcised woman. I have had three successful deliveries without complications, um, adding that she had not faced complication due to FGM. The campaigners need to show me convincing statistics of women and girls who have been affected by the practice, especially in the Gambia and Sierra Leone. Quote, I think there should be a focus to reduce rape and promote girl education, not FGM, she told the Gambian online media network, or online media, the Fatu network. And so effectively, she's campaigning currently against child marriage. And so the interviewer asked her about, and I thought the interviewer actually did a really good job in probing uh, further questions, about why are you not then speaking out about FGM, which is quite common um, in Sierra Leone, especially outside uh, Freetown. And so that's what she said. And so there's two things. One, first of all, FGM, I think, I can't remember if we talked about this on the show before, but it's one of the things where I have a physical reaction every time I hear the term. It's just like, I, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like my body just like freezes or tightens up anytime I hear Cause it's just imagine like knowing what the process is, thinking about it. Whew, and it happens all over the continent and beyond the continent. It's not just, um, it's not just in, in, in Africa. So on the one hand, I think it is a good thing that she shared a perspective that is different. So, okay, that's great to know that not all women who have been circumcised have had issues. I don't think I actually knew that until she said that. So I'm, that's interesting to hear. Um, and that she was able to have three successful pregnancies and births, that's fantastic. But my concern is that there are so many people who don't have that story. And I think just because you don't have that horrible experience doesn't mean that you should not advocate for those who don't share your fortune. And I also think, I mean, granted, she's not an elected official. She's a first lady. But for me, public service is not advocating for something because you have lived experience. Public service is something bigger than yourself. Um, And therefore, you have to be able to hear the viewpoints of other people. And so when you have campaigners who are campaigning to dismiss them and say, it didn't happen to me, so we should focus on other issues that is a bit dismissive and i don't think that is a good public service um stance to take and so i was i was struck by it in the sense that i learned something which is that oh okay so folks can actually have circumcision happen to them and you know not have the horrible like pregnancy complications or die from Um, infections or have incredible discomfort throughout their life or not be able to enjoy sex or you know etc etc although she didn't speak to all those things admittedly but on the one hand it is disappointing to dismiss um, a bunch of folks who are earnestly trying to change something because it has caused a lot of pain um, and and infections and bleeding and etc and so yeah those that's my still rising and you know I want to turn that into a rising. <laughs> that FGM rates, they announced a couple months ago that FGM rates are at their all-time lowest. In Africa or generally? Yeah, in Africa. Well, I guess that's nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm just, it was, I was really, her comments just made me sad. Mm. Because I think public service means it's not about you and what's happening you are not the data point yeah there's other people and that's why they're campaigning and that's why there's organizations because they're trying to tell you because you have a voice and they don't this is what's happening but i also think child marriage is a legitimate you know thing to focus on and i think we all have to do what we all can do in our time so i'm trying to show grace because i get it we all can't fix everything but can I point out that there's Just definitely a link between FGM and child marriage, though? You can. Okay. So I think that was the other thing that I found a little bit frustrating about the comments, because um, there's a very well-documented link um, in terms of like child marriage. So uh, often women who are, sorry, girls who are involved in child marriage um, will have children earlier, and so their bodies are less developed, um, so more likely to have fistulas. Um, and that complication is just increased with FGM as well. Um, and so I get, I totally get like the nuances to FGM in that conversation. Um, I definitely think that like people should decide what happens, should have agencies over their own bodies and that should be where the conversation starts, not dictating either way what should happen to 
girls and women's bodies, um, but I think they should be given a choice. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just think it was interesting that she didn't, and maybe it's just because she did, hasn't seen the data, but there's definitely a, a, a medical link between child marriage or yeah, child marriage and FGM. Rising, still rising. <laughs> yes, here we are. Still the year of our Lord, 2020? What year are in? 2019? Somehow, yeah. Wow, okay, we made it. Um, let's go right into the interview, unless you have something to say. Nope. <laughs> oh, that laughter. Um, so we're really honored, um, as with all our guests, but uh, especially this guest today. We have Nyasha Kadandara, um, who is many things. Nyasha is mm-hmm. an award-winning journalist, <laughs> because all journalists are. Yeah. <laughs> Even if that award is winning over six, it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're swimming award. It's, you're an award-winning Certificate journalist. Certificate of participation. <laughs> uh, Nyasha is an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Nyasha is an incredible all-around human and woman. Um, and I don't want to give away too much about your story. So what I will do by way of introduction is ask you to just tell us about you. Who or what? Why is Nyasha? Ooh, why? That's a hard question. I think that's up to God. Uh, Amen. <laughs> my name is Nyasha. As you know, Nyasha Kadandara. I usually don't say my surname because it's just such a mouthful, like my first name. Force people to say your name, your full yeah. name. What's your full name, Nyasha? Discount. I like to give people the discount, okay? <laughs> Nyasha Zashe is my name, which ah. means the grace of God. But, I mean, in Kenya right now, it's a struggle just to say Nyasha. So really... Just, Sorry, actually, it it's again? not just Kenya. Nyasha Zashe. Okay. Beautiful. So, yeah. I don't know why my parents did that. Because they wanted you to have a beautiful name? Uh, they I wanted mean, the grace of God to shine upon your life. And the world. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Nina, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, don't ask. Sorry. Some listeners probably already know this about me, but I think names have power. So I agree. I definitely agree with that. I also think that they could have just called me Nyasha like most people. But also, I think... When I was born, most people were um, like the first generation of people to get a lot of vernacular names compared mm-hmm. to our parents who mm-hmm. had like a lot of colonial names. Mm-hmm. So then, you were like vernacular deep. Yeah, exactly. So everyone was like vernacular deep. And then yeah. there were like a thousand yashas. When I went to school, there were 10 yashas at my school at any given time that I went to. So primary school, yeah. high school. And the beautiful thing about Zim names is... They're multi-sex. Yeah, unisex. So. so I know many, well, a couple male Nyashas. Yeah, the one time I texted you and you're like, is this the guy? The way she said, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> um, Nyasha, tell us more about, okay, so we know your Genesis story and your name. Um, tell us more about like how you identify what keeps you busy during your days. Yeah, tell us about you. Okay. What keeps me busy during the days? Lots of WhatsApp messages, WhatsApp groups, most of which I don't, most of them I don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. But this is life. This is how we communicate now. Uh, I am a journalist and filmmaker, so I spend a lot of time filming, meeting different people, being in very different spaces. Um, Yeah, I'm a storyteller, a visual storyteller. So that's who I am. Okay. What was the other question? Uh, I think it was more Why like... Why are you who you are? Yeah. It's easier from here on out. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. I'm joking. Um, I'll, I'll toss it over to Addie for the next question so you don't mm-hmm. flounder in the why. Unless you feel like no, you have a why of who you are. I have no whys. Okay. Okay. So I love this question. Uh, where have you lived, worked, traveled, and loved? Wow. So what... All Easy questions. Yeah. <laughs> However you want to answer those. Like, where are the places? Yeah. When, you, so, when I say lived, what word comes to mind? Or what place comes to mind? I've lived everywhere. Well, it depends. I mean, some people... Hmm. Okay, where I've do you think Kenya. you lived? I've definitely lived in Kenya. I would say I've lived in Zimbabwe. I've lived in... Not say, okay, I grew up there. People will get annoyed if I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't... Do not direct those emails to yeah. Africana. <laughs> Direct those directly to Nyasha. My bad. I'm definitely a Zimbo. Um, I also lived in South Africa. I lived in New York. I would say I lived in Namibia once. I enjoyed it. It was school holidays, but it was living. I lived in Botswana as well. And yeah, those are the main places. Where have you worked? Where have I worked? In South Africa? Well, actually a lot of places because my work takes me to lots of places. So 
I've worked in South Africa, which is when I was still a consultant. I've worked in New York and different parts of America. I've worked in Kenya, Uganda, South Sudan, Cameroon, Chad, Zimbabwe as of recently, which shocks most people because they assume that I know the 411 and I really don't because I just go home for holidays. Where else? That's many places. You just listed like half the continent. Not really, guys. You should see my list for this year. Have you done any work in Asia? I have not. Okay. But hopefully soon. Fees are pending. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Mm-hmm. Where have you, uh, travel. This might be longer, but mm-hmm. let's go there. Where have I traveled? I feel I haven't traveled since I started working. I don't know why. Mm. You know? It's... I go, actually, so that was one of my New Year's resolutions, is I said that for every assignment, I would take two, or at least one day, or two or three days at the end of an assignment to just be a tourist in the place I was in, because I keep going in and out, and it's very much from a, a, specific, a specific perspective, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to go to places and be on holiday in the countries I visit, even though my work gives me, like, you see a lot of different things. Sometimes it's just nice to go to a bar. Amen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, you're totally. Do a tour. I'm a no, you said of... taste the local pregnant pause coffee. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> what? I feel like this is an inside joke, but. No, but when you go to a local bar, normally you're not drinking coffee. coffee. Yeah, but there's daytime and there's nighttime events. Maybe okay? in Addis, but. Okay, so okay. there's different things. Exactly. And maybe in Addis, which, which is on my 2019 list. So there we go. Okay. Related note, where have you loved? Mm, where have I loved? In South Africa. Or been loved. Okay. I have loved in Zimbabwe, mm. in South Africa, in Sudan, which I didn't mention as one of the places I'd been to, and in America. South Sudan or Sudan? Sudan. Okay. But she said the officials. Was it a bit haram? happened? It's okay. We've all been there. Yeah. Who doesn't have yeah, a bit of a Harambe in their life? Why are you like this? Uh, where have you been loved? Hmm. Oh, that just sounds offensive now. Can I why is it like my answer? No. Okay, no. no that's why is it offensive? But maybe you weren't, maybe you didn't love in the same way that you were loved. I know. And then I realized this is like, oh. I feel like I've been loved in Kenya, but now I'm like, oh, but did I love in Kenya? And then it looks weird. So, girl, you just wait till we answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. speak your truth. <laughs> so I'm like, that got awkward really quickly. Mm-hmm. We, li- we live for ox. Okay. Um, where have I been loved? I mean, I've been loved on many a street corner in different countries, actually. So. Amen. <laughs> street corner. I was not expecting that answer. Street corner. I thought you were going to be like... <laughs> USSR, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean a place <laughs> or a formal place. Yeah, USSR wasn't even in my lifetime. But <laughs> okay, street corners, um, mm-hmm. we'll take it. Yeah, hey, sexy lady, it's it's love, it's appreciation. Oh, it's right. Ooh, Ooh. interesting. Uh, I didn't okay. think you were going. I thought you were being more literal, but anyways. Namusa, I want you to answer. Uh, that. Yeah, yeah, I was coming. I was trying to do Tell that. Us. Where have you lived? Oh, I've lived in, like, too many places to list. Girl, you better start. Um, We're here now. Well, Kenya is the longest place I've lived in my adult life, which Mm. I think is important to say. Uh, I've lived in Canada. I've lived in South Africa. I've lived Mm. in Ethiopia. I've lived in Ghana. Um, I, to some extent, would say that I was living in Somalia, um, related to work, but I was still living there. Um... I must be missing somewhere, but those I would say those are the, like the immediate that come to mind. Don't be where offended, have you? <laughs> where have you worked? In all of those places. Any other Ooh. ones? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, Tanzania. You, in addition to all the places I just listed, mm-hmm. Tanzania, Uganda. I'm missing <laughs> some places, which is like embarrassing because I should have these all. It's fine. Memorized. Um, no, you don't. Why? Just have them in a side Google Doc. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for like t- no, your Tinder profile and no, you're like oh. no yeah where have I loved or been loved no where have you traveled don't jump the gun <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> miss oh I don't want to answer these questions no give me the good one mm-hmm. Ooh, I have traveled to I okay I have traveled to I think more than half of Europe okay uh, so I'm not going to go through and list all those countries but uh, all of the big ones and a lot of the smaller ones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Liechtenstein, which people don't 
remember? I heard it's tiny. It's really small. Longer name than country. But beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Look at it in the map. Do they even put Liechtenstein in the body of the country? They just put the arrow. That is true. Because it's is not true. enough real estate to put the letters. Don't come for me. <laughs> um, I've also traveled to the Philippines, Taiwan. I've been to Palestine. So I've been to Gaza. I've been to... Uh, Vietnam, I've been to across the African continent, um, so probably probably roughly half the African countries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to the States, I've been to Mexico, I've been to Costa Rica. Um, I haven't, I would say the continent that I haven't spent the most amount of time in is South America, um, and I would like to spend more time there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and where have you loved? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh! Um... Okay, so I've definitely loved in Kenya. I've loved in Canada. I have loved in Germany. Mm. I have loved in Ethiopia. Oh. Yeah. Cousin Hi. Haile? <laughs> no, cousin, Te- cousin Tedros. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I have loved in Ghana. Um, but I think it's important to say not every place that I've listed I've loved in South Africa. All the places that I've listed haven't necessarily been, like, loved a, a human. What? I wish in this moment you we were not a podcast. <laughs> I wish people could see our faces. You're like, no. Uh, we're not, like, and we both tried to think we're about it. Yeah, we're like, let's like, break it down. And I was like, no, actually. I was not in love with aliens in South Africa. Is that it wasn't necessarily like romantic love, like falling in love with a place. In some of those places, I fell in. I was in love with another human, like another person, okay. romantically. Okay. Um, and but in some of those places, it was in love with a place or an experience or myself. Okay. And where have you been loved? Ghana by a place or by a human. Mm. Okay. Uh, Ghana, South Africa, Canada, Kenya, Germany, Ethiopia. I'm sure there's more, but the fans will write in. <laughs> and be like, what about Just me? kidding. Cool. You mean um, a cute beach. Obviously, we're not letting you get out away. I was going to say, Namusa, it's your <laughs> next question. And my next question as I leave over is, uh, Addy, where have you worked? Sorry, where have you lived? I have lived in the United States. I have lived in Kenya. I have lived in South Korea. I have lived in China. I have lived in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to go there. Oh, you should. One of my favorite places um, and means a lot to me. Uh, where have I worked? All of those places. And work has taken me to Mauritius, Morocco, Botswana, South Africa, Ethiopia, Tanzania, Uganda. I think, I think that's it. Nigeria. Work has t- taken me to Nigeria as well. Um, I've also been to Nigeria, which I forgot to add. Where have I traveled? <laughs> this really will take a long time, so I will succinctly... State it. So I've been to over 50 countries and territories, uh, all continents represented except for Australia and Antarctica. Mm. The highlight reel, the places that either stick out or are sentimental to me in some way. So the first, Nicaragua, which I just said. Um, China was an important part for me of my life. Um, Senegal, I really enjoyed. And in terms of like the trump card that i bring out at parties you know like party tricks Mm -hmm. like oh random facts um i backpacked through albania (laughs) (laughs) uh went to azerbaijan and georgia last year uh which i highly recommend also visited mother russia on two occasions world cup uh one for the world cup which folks know and then one separately family vacation well both are family vacation but one involved the world cup and one did not um and yeah I, i think I've been thinking recently about the travel I did then and the travel I do now and how I don't know if I would do some of the things then that I do now. <laughs> or I don't think Girl. I would do now some of the things that I did then rather. So like, like I I I hadn't I don't know, I just had no fear, you know? Like Twenty four hour bus rides? You know, overnight bus ride oh Argentina's a place that means a lot to me. That's where I started Tango. Um, Mexico is some of the best food I've ever had. Malaysia some of the best food I've ever had. 
Um, and yeah, I just think about, you know, I used to have a backpack and be gone for weeks to months on end. And, you know, I didn't have Google Maps and there was no Instagram. Mm. And you that didn't, was the life, man. And you didn't bring strategically, like, curated outfits for your... For the gram. For the gram. And, uh, Did you have a map book? I used to walk around. Uh, yeah, so you had maps. You had to actually ask people for directions. You had to it's ask, indirect. You had asked people for, to take photos of you. <laughs> I didn't use a SIM. I never used a SIM card until maybe last, maybe the last two years of travel. Before, I would never get a local SIM, so I was oh, just, just on Wi-Fi. But now I'm on data, so it's like all of these things are just self-sufficient, which is kind of great in a way because it makes certain places more accessible than otherwise. So for example, my family and I went to Azerbaijan and Georgia and Japan. Oh, I forgot Japan. Japan's an amazing country. You should go. Worth the two long haul flights. Um, but it made those places more accessible because necessarily, you know, you're not needing English yeah. signs or people to translate. But on the one hand, I think you do lose a little bit of, um, yeah, you lose a bit of interaction with folks my... and some of the magic of, of yeah, and I couch surfed oh, yeah. before Airbnb. There That's was the, the free Airbnb. It, it, I think, well, actually maybe Airbnb probably Replaced no, no, they're surfing. still couch surfing. They're still couch surfing, and I couch surfed in Italy, in Kuala Lumpur, in Bermuda. I met someone at a meetup. It probably meant the most to me in China. Um, but yeah, anyhow, I've been thinking a lot recently about some of the things I used to do, and also the pain I must have put my parents through. Those poor, poor souls. Um, but yeah, I've lived. I've enjoyed my travels. Where have you loved? Where have I loved? I've loved in China, and I've loved in Kenya. Where have you been loved? I've been loved in the United States. Human or otherwise, as I said. <laughs> no, I'm going to stick to human because okay. it's easier. Um, <laughs> a lot of aliens to sit through and I've got time. Yeah, United States, I think of home. I think of, you know, family, parents, yeah. best friend, close friends that know me from yeah. third grade on up. Um, where have I been loved outside of the United States? I don't know if the love was returned in China. It doesn't matter. I'm not sure if it was returned in Kenya either. But there have to be. But that those were. I'm, I'm thinking for sure the United States. And in terms of other, yeah. But I guess to the point now of self. Yeah, I think China for me was a big year, and uh, Kenya has also been filled with revelation upon revelation about who I am, which has been exhausting, but... Uh, I, think, I thought we were done. I yeah, knew who God, I was. God, <laughs> I told you that you keep growing forever. Like it's a wrap. It wouldn't it? Like Christ. it's never a wrap. No. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's me. Okay. Um, so my next question is, you, because you're an award-winning journalist... <laughs> yes. ...connected to that, um, <laughs> but actually, now like on serious <laughs> talk, you've had some big pieces published or a particular big piece of work published recently that has had a lot of attention. Tell us whatever you like about that. <laughs> whatever I like about that. Well, maybe first, what was it? And then the second thing is whatever you want about it. Mm -hmm. I did a piece for BBC's Africa Eye about women who are in relationships with sugar daddies mm -hmm. or sponsors, as they call them in Kenya. Yeah, it was... What do I want to tell you about that that I haven't already said? It can be something you've already said or mm. something you haven't said. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just also maybe have no idea. That's true. That's so you true. should give um, the backstory. Basically, it was, you know, a multimedia piece with photography, artwork by Michael Soy, who's a talented um, painter. It was text written by me after interviewing dozens and dozens of women who were in sugar relationships, um, some heterosexual, some not um, inter interviewing, actually. Actually, this is interesting. Sorry. Um, Tell us more. <laughs> I interviewed, you know, some sugar daddy sponsors, as you'd call them. But recently, the fix that I worked with Are in they Mombasa, taking applications? I'm just kidding. I'm, not <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm asking for the listeners. I mean, I can I can point you to some, some you know, some <laughs> yeah, places, you really could. I know. Some places, I said what I said. <laughs> you know, and some people I know uh -huh. specifically. But one of the men that we interviewed in Mombasa, mm. which has a very different scene in terms of a mixture between, I guess, sex tourism and you know, I, it's a, it's a diff very different scene from the city mm -hmm. in Mombasa because a lot more people I felt always looking for like longer term relationships. But I met this very strange man in a hospital who and he was in a hospital but he said we could interview him there 
who mm-hmm. was very much like, you know, I can show you any girl, and this girl is worth, you know, X amount, and oh, this wow. is three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. three hundred bob for a blowjob, and blah blah blah. Which is the equivalent of like three dollars. US dollars. Exactly. And um, he was gross. He was really, really gross. And I remember him saying to me, why are you doing this story? You're painting Africa in a, in a poor light. He was Turkish. And he had come <laughs> with his wife, who what? then divorced him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder who... He had, like, hooked up with so many people, according to the locals. They're like, yeah, he came here seven years ago. He's a big shop businessman. I forgot his name, but he basically recently... He told me, which was very funny, I always remembered, that I had been colonized by the BBC... Oh, and that's nice. and that's and this is why I was doing the story, and I needed to tell positive stories about Africa, and you know I I've just done a terrible job, and he wished me no luck and happiness and success. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I mean, he also told me some really like he was very straight. He's like, you know, the whole the society is going to shit, you know, because all of these girls and all of these single mothers, you know, and and then he asked me if I was raised by a single mother, which I am proudly, and my mother's amazing. But it was really funny because he had all of these. Attacks and things, out. but he recently got arrested for having. Look at God! <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> the fixer sent me an article about him being like, "Remember this guy that we interviewed in the in the hospital mm. for everything?" And he was basically arrested, linked to basically I think sex trafficking Jeez. charges. And I was like, "Well, of course it made sense because you were swiping girls on your phone, being like, you know, X yeah. amount for this, and I can call her now and she'll come to the hotel." All of this conversation happened, meanwhile, his fiance was in the same hospital room as him, just quietly sitting, acting like she was not even there. And I was like, what is going on? It was very weird. So his fiance was not his wife. This is after his wife divorced him. Yeah, so his wife left him about a few years ago. And then he said he had subsequently tried to get married three or four times. And every time he would then go into one of the bars in the coast and then realized that the girl he was about to marry had been with one of his friends and that would not do so he would chuck them i know he was the The patriarch is so strong (laughs) he was the worst sexism i smiled a little bit when i saw that on it i was like oh but he got what was coming to him (laughs) yeah he was gross but you're the one painting the continent in a bad light i'm the one who's colonized guys it's like my mind has been colonized and i was like okay cool that's a very so, good story that I haven't heard you share yet. Yeah, it's recent because this, I recently got that text and I forgot. I had told people about this guy and people were like, well, you're interviewing people in ho- hospitals. And I was like, it just kind of happened that we went there. Hmm. But yeah, okay. I'm actually, yeah. Can I ask how many people you interviewed in total? On, at, regardless of where they fell in that, in like the... Which bucket they were yeah. in. I see. Or, and I'm sure there was more than two buckets. Yeah. Say... Maybe 50, 60 people. Wow. Okay. And how long did that take? I a long time. I mean, we started the story in November. It came out in August. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. You know, they, they were. I wasn't working on it full time. There were times they stopped, and I traveled to do other stories because mm-hmm. I'm a freelancer. But yeah, I mean, you'd always meet new people and listen to their stories, and I guess you know the whole issue of sponsor relationships and stuff is much more pervasive than people would think mm-hmm. so you can have a lot of conversations with many different people mm-hmm. who fall on the spectrum in different ways been there done that sister been there brother done that mm-hmm. you know everyone has personal stories mm-hmm. so and are willing generally willing to talk about them did you find i think so i mean a lot of people try to have candid conversations with you um a lot of people didn't want to talk on the record mm-hmm. which is fair but it's all background information because i definitely went in with you know, certain preconceived notions and then realized new things as I went about it. Mm. What were you surprised by? I think there were a lot more people, for instance, who had, who really didn't come from this stereotypical, you know, background of not having that much and wanting more and Mm. this relationship being a means to an end. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of you know, sort of well-off, educated people who really, who had access to means, always had, who, mm-hmm. you know, were in sponsor relationships with older men. Um, actually, there was, and I still say this to a lot of people, everyone assumes that sponsors of sugar daddies are really old, gross men. And I'm like, actually, they can be very good-looking 30-year-olds. So, 
you know, it's, it's Eddie. Just, those are the ones I don't <laughs> need to introduce you to. <laughs> I don't need hospital-ridden Turkish men. No. Well, it's too, it's too late on that end. Um, yeah, focus yeah, on... Yeah, but it was like, they're not, you know, yeah. there are lots of good-looking guys out there who are sponsors. There are lots of young, you know, very young, some single, some not. Mm-hmm. Um, Nuance, right? Yeah, there were a lot of people, I met, you know, people in the LGBT community mm-hmm. who were in sponsor relationships. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really cut dry, mm-hmm. kind of dry, yeah. Forgive me because I don't remember. Did you have men who were the beneficiaries of sugar relationships? I, I, I definitely tried to pursue this angle, and since then that has the, been the biggest comment slash critique is that people are waiting for sex and the sugar mommy to come out, mm. and I'm like, mm, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, that does yeah. happen. So No, it does happen. Yeah. Um, I interviewed a lot of people for it, but to be honest, I think it's much harder to report on it because men are just not as willing to open up to the fact that they may be, you know, receiving financial material gains, you know, in favor for sex. I just don't, I found it really hard having met people that I know specifically were in sugar relationships or they were looking for it mm-hmm. and this is how they've met me. Mm. And all of a sudden would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it's just much harder for men, you know, egos and stuff to... And the patriarchy. Yeah, you know, it's just... They just, that answers, that's the answer for everything, really. It, it yeah, really you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say it. Nuance and patriarchy. Like, one try to one. be PC at the same time, but it's. But then I'm like, no, they just, a lot of guys just don't have the balls to admit it. Versus a lot of women actually did own it. Hmm. So. Curious. Interesting. Mm. Did you talk to people outside of Kenya? Or was it everybody in, within Kenya? For this story, everyone... No, actually, that's not true. Okay. I did speak to people in South Africa, yeah. which is where they call them blessers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hashtag blessed. Uh. <laughs> um, and, excuse me, I was much more familiar with that scene, I yeah. think, because I had spent, lived in South Africa for so long. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing Big that. Mm. I really enjoyed that article slash work, by the way. Um, if you're if you're so. okay with it, we're going to link to it in our description. Go for it. It's a gift. It's that amazing. He's giving. I think it's really well done. I think you did show nuance. I think. Can I give an anecdote? Yeah. I use this on dates that I go on now. <laughs> what do you mean you use it <laughs> to test people? So I went on a date with somebody. Uh huh. <laughs> And this came up. <laughs> it was like, my friend Nyasha. But I think what I'm going to do now is just be like, read this article and tell me what you think. So what is it that you're using? Like, how is it a filter for you? For me, it's a filter around people's, uh, where they stand around nuance. Mm. Okay. To be fair, I had gone on a date with a guy who said, we somehow came up to the topic completely unrelated to my work. He yeah. hadn't seen anything I had done. And it spoke very harshly of it. Uh, of oh the women God. who were in true relationships <laughs> and yeah very yeah he was very critical and i thought and he just was very black and white about the whole issue mm-hmm. and i was like why have you ever thought about it from this perspective and so i'm telling him all of these things things that are not even in the article but you know all of these yeah. anecdotes from sure. people i had met just like you know and he didn't get it and then eventually i sent him the article and it was a, <laughs> a weird test because my thing was like, you say you really, really like me and you're really into me, but you actually haven't read my work, which normally wouldn't bug Google me, search. but now also I had sent this to you. So so a few weeks later, I was like, have you read it only because I wanted to have the conversation again yeah. and in the same way, do like a folded test and he hadn't. And then he did. And he was enlightened and asked for a French version because he was French speaking. So. Ooh la la. Well, look at you enlightening the unenlightened. <laughs> in multiple languages. Yeah, but then... After that, yeah. That's where that situation is. (laughs) No, we don't talk about it. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. Mm. Okay. So what is your most memorable slash intense immigrant story? Oh. So Namusa says, speaking about being an immigrant and identity is something of interest to you. So, I do. I really enjoy being an immigrant, which people find strange, but it's where I feel more comfortable mm-hmm. than in my own home country. I've also been an immigrant my whole adult life, which is really the part that matters, apparently. So, most difficult. Well, most yeah. intense most and intense. most memorable. Okay, it doesn't most necessarily intense. have to be difficult. Okay. But, but it could be. 
Okay, I think I have... This is going to be a messed up story. <laughs> and here we are. I've leaned in closer. Do you have the popcorn? <laughs> well, maybe it's not messed up, but um, it is memorable. It was Thanksgiving in 2016, so the year of the okay. American presidential elections. Uh-huh. No, it wasn't Thanksgiving. So it was that week. Anyways, I'm going to bunch it Where up into I? two. <laughs> Um, <laughs> flashback if I switch TV or movies I know. flashback so I think it was I can't remember how it, it worked out but basically so someone will write in and explain to me the dates go ahead but I remember for Thanksgiving we the first time I'd had Thanksgiving in America which is actually oh interesting um, that was the year before was really nice because I went to this friend's house in New Jersey and they were from Texas and it was this mash up family mm -hmm. of from different sections and the house was full and everyone was there and it was the best spread I'd ever seen in my life oh, yeah and very wholesome and lovely and then the next time I had Thanksgiving in America we did it basically immigrant style excellent <laughs> and no one else slaughtering a in a bathtub <laughs> No one bought goat. We had no Kenyans. But... Womp womp. <laughs> no, other people would have enjoyed that joke. I hope my audience, the audience does. Don't get it. Um, <laughs> Kenyans but, love goat. They really do, though. I didn't In a way that Zimbabweans do not understand. Or Southern Africans in general, I feel. Do you think Kenyans eat goat? Actually, you feel this better out there, right? I feel like lamb. I'm doing lamb. Lamb is a big one. Lamb, cow, mm -hmm. chicken. Thank you. There's, there's better out there. But anyways, apparently goat's healthy, sour. So we yeah. all go and we cook this really mash-up thing. And I remember there's one person who's assigned to bringing a pie because no one else wants to take the responsibility of making a pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. But we, thought we should have one thing that's American because my friend was from Jordan... That we had friends from Jordan, Pakistan, the UK, Zimbabwe, I think Egypt, Bangladesh, Italy. It was like a bunch of people. Yeah, really just United like, Nations. Yeah, we were, we were very much the UN, you know. Um, and we all bring in this meal. And it's the best spread ever. And we're like, yeah, who needs Thanksgiving? And I completely... And then we kind of also like trashed the whole Thanksgiving holiday, which is sadly the best holiday in America. I agree. Which I don't understand because... I mean, I know why it's founded, but I focus on the positive. <laughs> I know, I'm the same as well. I'm like, I know it's controversial, but at the same time, it really is the only time that people switch off. I felt and like all come together. Lovely I'm way week. more critical, but it's not about me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this lovely week and we're like, oh, it's so great to be an immigrant in America. And we think like... <laughs> Sorry. That's I want to be in America. The fact, that, the fact that those words just left your mouth, I'm like, Jesus. No, because... It's like, like in, my a, in, 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 a sarcastic, in a very sarcastic way, being like, yeah, I mean, we're all here for opportunity. Let's not lie, you know? And that's the reality. It's like, you can be an immigrant in places and have lots of issues with the place, but you're still there. Exactly. And you also have to sort of have that conversation with yourself, but yeah. there's only so much bitching you can do. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Otherwise, you should leave because yeah. flights are usually leaving those countries every day. So get on type mm -hmm. of thing if it's not working for you and you're going to be complaining a lot. And then the next week, I'm pretty sure is the week that then Trump gets elected. No, no, no. Or is it two election weeks later? Election is before Thanksgiving. Is it before? Yeah, because election is the first Tuesday. I think you're and right. The, uh, and Thanksgiving is the, the fourth Thursday of the month. But the point is, it was the same people oh, in this yeah. house. But now with a whole bunch of Americans, and then the announcement comes on. And you, well, not announcement. You know how they're calling states, yeah. and eventually everyone starts to lose hope. And I think they call Michigan, and then everyone who's like American just sort of like bursts into tears and cries, <laughs> and is like really, really depressed. Yeah. And I just remember like falling back into my chair, and then a bunch of us looking around, and I was like, "Well, welcome to the club, guys!" And everybody is like. What do you mean? I was like, you know, when you go to the airport, they'll be asking you, how is Trump? And for sure, every American has asked this. I was like, I've lived my whole life being asked, how is Robin Mugabe? Is he okay? Is he alive? Heck, he's not even present now. People are still asking me if he's all right. And I'm like, he's very fine. He has a pension, still lives in his house, just turned 94. He's fine, you know? Mm -hmm. And they were like, this is the worst thing. I'm so ashamed. And I was like, bad presidents happen to good people too. 
Now you're one of us. Put that on a t-shirt. Although we have Bush first. People forget. No, but do people, people cry over Bush the way people so cry? People didn't cry because it wasn't as outwardly awful, but we all got questions when we traveled during the Bush years. Oh, Bush? And I'm like... Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I couldn't even vote the first time. Don't blame me. <laughs> now, it was like a gradual thing. But now, I'm sure people look back and be like, yo, those are the heydays. I also don't think that we <laughs> I never thought we would live in a time where Bush would have been remotely considered a moderate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like, that's true. Like, no, he was, oh. remember, he was compassionate conservative back in the day. That was his whole shtick. I'm mm. a compassionate conservative. So he was actually back then. He, Before starting the big wars? Yeah. That's, that was his whole thing. That's how he campaigned. But isn't it ironic? I mean, we can debate irony, but I'm just saying that's how we started. Like, that's mm-hmm. how he campaigned. I'm a compassionate conservative, faith-based charities, blah, blah, Depends blah, Depends who you are. I knew a lot of South Sudanese friends who loved Bush. Yeah, Albanians loved, loved Bush. And when, the next, and when the next elections him. came and oh. it was after Barack Obama's time, they were like, no, we wanted to go red again because, you know, we felt like they did more for us when Bush was there, the Republicans, than the Democrats. Yeah. Depends who you are and who you fall on that side of that situation. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if they're still saying this now, but (laughs) at the time when the elections were happening, uh, no, it was after he had had been voted in. But anyway, so I get back to it. And I don't know, for some reason, I was like, this is going to be the great equalizer Mm. between us from the global south slash the third (laughs) world and the Americans, because they're finally going to know what it's like. And then you're going to realize that bad presidents happen to good people you know, a president doesn't actually represent all of the people in it. And yeah, it sucks. And it can suck for a really long time. And we're not all crazy, because you're not crazy. Not that I'm saying the people who voted for Trump are crazy. Don't want those emails either. Yeah, again, <laughs> don't email us. Don't email me either about that. The American that. is staying silent. <laughs> <laughs> don't email Addy either. Nope. I thought, yeah, it's... For me, I don't know, that day, I'll never forget it. Because I was like, this is the day that things will change in a way because all of a sudden it, you're not on the other side of the story mm. you're going to feel exactly what we feel which is kind of sounds mean and malicious to be like yeah now you can have a crazy person who's going to destroy your country until god knows when change the constitution and you're going to be like how did this ever happen to us but now you actually understand how it happens to a lot of people so compassion is the moral of the story. <laughs> well, you just like full circle. What you did there was compassion. Um, I told the story in a really long way. I'm sorry. No, that was great. Um, Why are you apologizing? It is what it is. I don't remember. I am going to lead that into another mm-hmm. story because you're yeah. such a wonderful storyteller. Um, what is a story that you are excited about telling, whether that's like next week or in 20 years from now? <laughs> you see what you're trying to do. Uh, and what is, yeah, just generally a story that you're excited about telling? Hmm. I've been excited about telling different stories. I think in the last year, I've found my storytelling voice. I think I didn't really know it before then. Oh, nice. So. Oh my God, what is my storytelling voice? <laughs> Like, do some soul searching. It's like a journey. Yeah. I think before, when I first became a journalist, I was like, I'm going to tell these positive stories about Africa and it's going to be great and blah, blah, blah. And then I, I started to try, I moved to Kenya. I started to travel more in the region. And then I was like, you know what? Sometimes things are actually shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things are you great. You know who agrees with you? <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> great equalizer oh, oh dear. <laughs> that equalizer you like so much <laughs> yeah and not to say that these places are better when I mean the situations no, but do. a lot of these places because what I don't like about the amazing positive story but this, look at this amazing person in Africa doing this great thing is what it feels like you know most people actually aren't living any of these realities it's never that dire and not everyone's building a windmill for their village yeah, yeah. you know so, everyone's like yeah. in the gray yeah like, yeah, yeah. like the nuance where like world, sometimes right? we're doing these nice things but also like I cheated on my girlfriend because this is how human <laughs> beings are yeah, yeah. you know and it's, mm-hmm. it's more nuanced and I think now recently I've gone to neither extreme I'm just like I just want to tell stories that are in the grey we need more of those where you are part villain part hero because you're a human being and this is where most people exist and I think these are the stories that people identify with Mm. and I think that's the one thing I learned about doing the sugar series is a lot of people I could I somehow identify with the characters I Mm -hmm. interviewed because they they got it they could see how in some situations one would actually have chosen this path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
those are more interesting to me is actually trying to find that African narrative that's not so polarized. Yeah. It's important. So that I'm excited about telling those kind of stories. Okay. I have a book recommendation for you. Mm, and potentially me. listeners who may be interested just because of something you just said. Um, it's called Talk with the Devil, Encounters with Seven Dictators oh. by Riccardo Orizio. He's an Italian journalist mm-hmm. who actually lives in Kenya. Not that I've ever met him. But... He, Come on the show. He are we gonna break our gender rule? Maybe he'll break the glass Ooh. ceiling. <laughs> you mean the glass basement? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, so he interviewed seven dictators <laughs> after their dictatorships were over. Who did he interview? So or their wives in the case of either death or mm. ICC. Um, <laughs> so he interviewed Hoja's wife. From Albania, he interviewed Milosevic's wife. Mm-hmm. He interviewed Mengistu from Ethiopia. Who lives in my country. Uh, exactly. He interviewed Bokasa from Central African Republic. He interviewed Idi Amin mm. from Uganda. He interviewed Baby Doc Duvalier from Haiti. Um, he interviewed, I can't say his last name properly, so I won't try, but he also interviewed somebody from Poland. Um, but he interviewed seven people um, and just asked them about their time in office. And the foreword reminded me of something you just said. And it's one of my favorite books, and it's a book that I recommend to people often, just because it shows, you know, people are kids first. And yeah. then they become these people that you read about in history books. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we like to think, and we as in like the royal we, I guess, like we'd like to think we're all good people. Mm-hmm. But do we really know what could turn us into that villain or to the dark side like what is it that would be that would inspire each of us individually to make a call that others would you know take Mm -hmm. major offense to so just based off what you said I think you would enjoy that book and I think listeners would enjoy that book too and Ricardo if you get royalties send them my way can you you say the name of the book one more time talk with the devil encounters with seven dictators side note it reminds me of the Nando's ad did you ever see yes, the Nanny the, the Last the, Dictator? Yes, and Mugabe what was, was the song? last dictator. Those were the days. There was a... And he's like playing in the sand. Oh, it was so yeah, sad. I remember that. Nando's are great for commercials. I know. Yes. They should make a remake of that. Be like, and then... Who else is left now? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depending who you ask. Yeah. Some people are... They are definitely still some people out there. Your country. Um, so last question for you. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for, well, there's a whole host of people that you could potentially speak to, um, whether it's journalists, aspiring journalists, our listeners more broadly, who are diaspora folks mm-hmm. or immigrants themselves, um, young women, pick a group, pick all of them if you want. Women of color. And what is your advice? Oh gosh, guys, that's the worst. That's so many people. Pick one. I didn't want to put you in a box because I know there's a lot going on here. Thank you. <laughs> in, the, in the best way possible. Yeah. I feel like you were listening to my conversations. I've been telling people about boxes. Um, I've been talking about boxes. This I'm the week. app that listens to you when you talk. Hi, Google. You're in a relationship with Google. It's just literally, I had a conversation about being put in boxes. My, okay, I would say this is the advice I gave to someone who I would say is a storyteller of color, who I uh, respect a lot, have worked with, and really enjoyed. And you were talking about, you know, being based in Africa and doing well for an African. You put that, I think it's important. Mm-hmm. That you put that it in, in quotes, air quotes. Yeah. in air quotes, doing well for an, you know, for an African. And, you know, you're a good African storyteller. Uh. You're a good, like, African company that does X and mm. you know being like are we allowed to swear no yeah, yeah sure you're gonna be like fuck that box actually <laughs> I'm just good period precisely I'm Amen. not good for <clears throat> anything else I'm gonna charge you period I'm so sorry that you converted and felt that you were gonna kind of cut me out of some money because I'm an African but actually no put some respect on my name I'm tired now Amen. I'm tired oh. And I feel a lot of people need to get tired very quickly um, and stop trying to, you know, stop letting people sort of treat us mediocrely, paying us not well, or just putting us in boxes about you get to tell these stories and you get to work in Africa, 
you don't get to go to the Middle East because what would a black person be doing in the Middle East? Or you don't get to go to be a reporter in South America because this is your box. Um, I would say, yeah, fuck the box. Whatever your box is, because everyone has boxes and gets put into them all the time. I say, I say that's good advice. I say that's the proverb of the week. Uh, no, I, I was 100% going to repurpose it. So listen all the way to the end, because it may or may not change. It's not changing. Um, so we do something mm-hmm. that we didn't tell you about, but... Um, Surprise! Long-time listener, first-time caller you are. Yes. First-time, long-time. Yeah. Um, so we have something called Rapid Fire. So we ask you an either-or question, and you, whatever comes to mind first... You just give us that answer, and then if you want to, you can give us a little bit of context as to why you chose that answer. Okay, I thought about prepping that section, but I didn't have time to go back and listen to the questions. Damn it. But we change oh, them no. every time. You don't really? know the questions. Well, you know some of them. Right, okay. Cool. The first one, you'll, you've definitely heard before. St- we'll start easy. Still or sparkling? Sparkling. Yes, with lemon and cold? Yes, always. Mm. Zimmer, Kenya. <laughs> Oh what oh the audience can't see is that <laughs> I'm like shaking. We, I'm going to we broke it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a glitch in the system. Like, <laughs> it does not compute. Does not, yeah. Basically, does not compute. You can pass on only one. I'm making a new rule. Oh, okay, that's very. Because we'll make the question way harder. Yeah, I will choose Kenya. Okay, analog or digital? Digital. Wait. Okay. I was like, oh dear, we've broken her again. Yeah, I was like, I, I aren't you in film? <laughs> but I guess you could do analog film, right? Does that exist? Uh, yeah, like the old. Yeah, like dark I, I mean, I don't know where though. I, I I'm don't sure know. there's a photography dark. I'm sure there's yes, a millennial. I feel like yeah, I'm yeah. a millennial, guys. I was always digital. Thanks. Okay. Bye. <laughs> well done. Um, Shonda or Oprah? Shonda. Shonda. Would you rather your shirts be always two sizes too big or one size too small? She said it was too big. Okay. <laughs> Just bring it back to the 90s. <laughs> uh, last question. Tanzanite or diamonds? Neither. Okay. Oh, I was going to be like, that's not an answer, but okay, fine. Do you not, are you morally opposed to gemstones? No, I'm not. Or just don't like these? I don't like those. What okay. do you like? Um, rubies. Listen carefully. Oh, Listen carefully. rubies. But I'm also very fine with a band and I will not get a tattoo and it's not because I don't love you I just don't want to get a tattoo um, so are you talking about a romantic person yeah yeah okay. I mean I felt like this is what it was leading to I'm a, I'm a no, this, I don't know. no this, was, no, this was the general gemstone mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. Yeah. don't put that on Guys, us oh really okay yeah, yeah. Cool. we're Fine. not that thirsty all the time <laughs> well oh, yeah still out okay yeah um, Tanzania is cool but no it's not really I Ruby, bring on my Ruby. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, the patriarchy in nuance. Uh, on that note, yes, Nasha, thank you so much for coming on the Africana podcast. Woo, thank you for guest. having me. Um, how do people find you or your work? You can visit my website, which will be updated soon, which is my first name, last name dot com, aka nyashakadandara dot com, and we will put that up. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. Please don't find me on Facebook. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like that, that should be that should important. be maybe something for everybody except for the podcast. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Please don't. Um, <laughs> so she said, please. No, I, no, 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 no boundaries. I'm not. Laughing. I really do feel strongly about this. Twitter and Instagram. It's at Miss Nyasha K. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Thank Nyasha. You. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, we made it. Airhorn F3 F3, because that's what it is on a computer. F3? Now you know. Yeah, on a DJ set, it's F3. No, F2. What is Some F3? DJ write in and tell me if it's F2 or F3. <laughs> it's the airhorn. You know, I don't know. Anyways, we are at the end of uh, the show. Um, so, but we can't let sh- we can't love you and leave you without a proverb. Um, and I'm going to take the proverb from a one Nyasha. And the proverb of the week is... Week, 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 week. Fuck the box. Amen. Whatever those boxes are. All of them. I currently am leaning on patriarchy. 
I think that could be a drinking game for this episode. How many times does Namusa say patriarchy? At least five. <laughs> Take a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that, we should have started with that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Retroactively, guys, you can catch Listen up. Listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Next time. Um, so we would love to hear from you. You can find us on the interwebs um, via snail mail. No, we don't have a public PO box a PO yet. Box. Just wait. It's coming. We're doing things in reverse. So you can find us on the interwebs at Africana. Um, on Twitter and Insta. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us uh, on Facebook at Africana Podcast. And you can find us, uh, we'd love to hear from you via, uh, not snail mail, so cheetah mail, fast mail. What's email called? Wow. Yeah, I did that. Um, at Ask Africana, <laughs> which again, uh, I'm going to say slowly because I always struggle with A-F-R-A-C-A-N-A-H. Um, ask first, A-S-K. Africana at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us you're good, you're bad, you're ugly. Please don't send us emails, though, if you were, if there's anything said in any of our interviews that offended you. Well, you know, actually, no, send us those emails, I was going to say, no. I'm we want you. them. Yeah, just just talk to us. It's lonely out here sometimes. <laughs> On TikTok. No, I have a TikTok account. Should we have one for Africana? That's a great idea. Oh! Don't ever say to nothing for you. Um, and on that note... Bye. Bye.